Kids, we've got an awesome show for you here today. We are doing the NFL episode. I am back home in Virginia, though, so it's, it's bare minimum equipment. I apologize for any of the technical difficulties we have, but it's a great show. We give out some great picks. Let's go. And welcome to Trippy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is December 24th, Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas Eve to those who are celebrating. We have, at this point, I'm just going to call you our NFL expert, good friend Michael, showing up to the pod. <laughs> Your title today. Congratulations. High praise. High praise. I appreciate that. Merry Christmas Eve. Yes. How are we doing today, good sir? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to a betting bonanza this weekend. Um, can't wait. Right, true. I mean, we got Christmas Day games, we've got Saturday games, Sunday games, Monday, obviously, and we got some basketball mixed in there with the NBA coming back here. It's it's gonna be a fun little week. A little degenerate. Yeah, degenerate gift to us out here <laughs> um but as usual this is our nfl show so we are going to cover the nfl we have maybe a little take on the christmas games for the nba here at the end of it but monday night Bengals steelers these steelers are in a bad spot they are bad bad i don't know if you're a steelers fan i don't know how you have any confidence rolling into the end of the season or the playoffs i don't either it's weird they are sp- spiraling they can't run the ball um ben now ben now can't throw the ball um there are like young receivers who are talented they always have the young receiver talent they're kind of kind of fading away juju smith schuster is kind of losing money in my opinion because he just doesn't really produce very much anymore um i used he used to kind of be on my wish list for the reds uh sorry the washington football team uh now he's kind of falling off falling off that list um yeah i don't know what's going on man it is weird um they they just they need to look for a quarterback. I know Ben said he wants to come back next year. Maybe he can, but they, they need to start preparing for the future. There's a lot of teams in that category. Like when we get to the Colts here, I have a thought on them because they also are a team that needs to look towards the future. But I'd agree. Like going into the even halfway through the season, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I knew like something felt wrong with the Steelers, mostly on the offensive side of the ball. Like it just didn't feel didn't feel good watching that product on the field. And then you play the Bengals, who are roster-wise garbo right now, but they are a feisty team. They are a feisty team. And in no way, shape, or form should the Steelers have lost that game. I mean, they are like one of the worst 11-win teams I think I've ever seen. Um, oh, yeah. And their schedule leads to some of that. But that is, if you're a Steelers fan, you go, all right, Mike Tomlin's probably going to get us in a good spot, but we're banged up. The offense isn't moving the ball like they should. Ben has looked okay at times, but other times he's got a big old noodle arm and noodle brain. I mean, that, <laughs> that last series, he's thrown into triple coverage. It's like, what are you doing there, Big Ben? Um, it's a bad spot. And on the Bengals side of the ball, I was thinking about it from their perspective too because this game, it's like, as a Bengals fan, you have to be so just like in a whirlwind tornado of thoughts because you look at this team, you go, okay, the, the talent isn't there right now. And um, – Zach Taylor's probably not the guy. But then you look at that game and you go, damn, Zach Taylor's able to win that. The Bengals are able to win that game with that roster with Ryan Finley on the field. Maybe there is something to Zach Taylor. And then you got to remember, oh, wait, no, Zach Taylor's put us in this predicament because of his dumb brain and got Joe Burrow killed. So maybe you've got like this back and forth ping pong match. If you're the Bengals, I still think Zach Taylor should be gone after this year. Mm-hmm. But you take that. You take that approach of like, damn, they are playing for him, though. They are playing feisty. I don't know what you do as a Bengals. 
Uh, yeah, it's tough to say what to do with the Bengals because they are playing very hard for him, like you said, but he just has not prepared them in the best way and didn't prepare his quarterback in the best way. So I would move on, but that's a tough call to do in Cincinnati. They're always moving on from coaches. Well, they had Marvin forever, but still, it's it's a tough call. It's a bad situation, but Steelers would be concerning. We'll get to them a little bit more here. I want to cover some of the games here because we've got some good – Honestly, I like the board for some of it. There are some big spreads that I do not oh, like. I yeah. You're on the same boat, but anytime I see a spread of seven or more, I kind of get scared off. I don't know if it's because I'm getting gun-shy, but I'm just like, this feels too much right now. Totally with you, especially at this point where there's so many upsets. It's towards the end of the year. You just Some teams just don't care. Some teams really care. It's, it's such a hard time to bet. Like This past weekend, we had two double-digit underdogs win outright in the end in the NFL. That, that doesn't – not two doesn't happen. A lot of times there aren't even two double-digit spreads in the NFL on a weekend. And this yep. weekend, two of them are outright. It's yep. a tough time to, spe- to bet on the NFL for sure. I am not enjoying it. But we do get a – honestly, a pretty solid game, but one of those seven-point spreads right off the bat on Thursday, Vikings-Saints. Saints are favored by seven, over-under 51. I know the Vikings are not playing, like, great football, and the defense is bad without Eric Kendricks, who may not be – I mean, it's a short week, so we may not have him here. But seven feels big for the Saints right now. Like, that feels big. It. I agree with you. It feels really big, and I agree with the Vikings. They, they don't have a very good record. They're not playing great. However, all of their games are close. They, they either win or lose. I know they just lost by uh, – Eight recently, I think the Tampa like a week ago, but they win or lose a lot of times by six, three, two, four. I mean, so I, I actually kind of like them covering that that seven. I don't think they'll win, but seven seems big just for the way the Saints offense is kind of playing right now. I agree, and they're banged up the Saints and the Vikings. And you mentioned that Bucks game. I mean, they should have won that game. Yeah. I mean, if Dan Bailey doesn't miss, I mean, he left what nine points? I think nine. on the board. Yeah. I mean, that's that makes a big swing in their difference. Um, and we'll get to my bucks here in a, in a minute. But you're right. The Saints are banged up on offense. They don't have a lot of weapons. Drew Brees, yeah. he's another guy. you got to start planning for the future. Yeah. What you're going to do there. He, at times, looks really lost and really bad. And then at times, he looks like he looked decent in that second half. Like pretty good. But I'm with you. I mean, the Vikings have the benefit of the Saints have a really good defense, but they can control the clock. I mean, Dalvin Cook is – there's very few running backs in the league right now where I think you can say they are literally carrying a team and deserve sort of money. Um, but Dalvin Cook fits into that. I mean, he is that offense. He's sort of in that Derrick Henry camp where, like, if he's going, the team's going. And if he's not, they're not going anywhere. Um, but he's been going the last couple of weeks. And the Eric Hendrickson, if he's good, I would almost lock the Vikings in because that defense is a huge – like, that's a huge difference maker if Eric Hendricks can go in the middle – because um, the run defense hasn't been great. I don't know where I am with the Saints. Like, Do we feel like they're tapering off? Because I think a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, outside of the Chiefs, they're probably second, third best team. Yeah. But now I'm starting to think, I don't know if they're going to make it through maybe the first round, because they are, they're super banged up. The defense is playing good, but that offense scares the crap out of me. Yeah, the defense is really good, and I think we're just kind of, Part of the reason that we are kind of scared is because we're watching Taysom Hill and Drew comes back and he's not super healthy. Me Brooklyn nine ribs it sounds like a lot. I don't either. I mean, I think I, I'd be out for the rest of the year. I would think, but <laughs> it, it's tough. Just with the seven, if it was like 
three and a half, four, I'd probably go with the Saints, but just seven, I think I got to take uh, Minnesota on that. That was my exact note. I said, if this was a field goal, I would put my, maybe not my life savings, but I'd be hitting the Saints hard. But seven is way too big. I'm betting the number more than I am the team. Um, I like that. I also sort of like the over. Um, I'm not 100% on that. It's at 51, but I may do something there on that over under because I do, I just feel like, actually, I don't know. Ignore that. Reverse that. I don't like that. Now I'm in my head. I'm doing the math. I'm like, no, I don't like that. Um, Bucks Lions minus nine and a half is the line for the Bucks over under 54. One of the best bets I think out there right now is betting against the Bucks in the first quarter slash first half. Mm-hmm. This is a terrifying stat. I've been saying all season, I'm not worried, but the Bucks have been outscored 59 to seven in the first quarter. That is. That's I don't even know what to say. Like I'm speechless at that. I saw that fact today and I knew it was bad because I'm, I'm watching all these seven guys. points in the first quarter. Apparently, from what I read, they've only scored seven in the first quarter all year. That's probably that, right. I mean, they that, do start off slow. That's so crazy. slow. Dude, they had more yards in the first drive of the second half last week than they did in the entire first half. They had 80 hilarious. yards in the first half last week. That's hilarious. <laughs> so bad. It's a tough line. Um, I mean, the 54 originally I'm tempted to say under, but then I think, well, Tampa Bay could go down two scores early and then just take off and then hit the over because of that. Oh, that's tough, man. I, I, I'm leaning towards under 54. See, I'm leaning over. The, mm-hmm. the, the Lions are 11-13 and 13 over at Ford Field in the last couple games. And the Bucks offense, it's, it's flipped the switch. And even the players are admitting. I think it was um, Devin White came out this week and was like, yeah, we just feel like we can flip a switch, which is a terrifying mindset to be going into the end of the season with. Because sure like, you've played some pretty shitty defenses. So, yeah, of course it feels like you can turn on a switch when you're playing the Falcons. You're going to play the Lions here, and you're going to play the Falcons again. Yeah. Um, there are way better defenses out there. But it is. I mean, that's what they do. Every, every week it's a slow start. And then they just turn on the burners. Um, I sort of like the over because the Lions have a terrible defense. I mean, they just terrible. Garbage. And the offense, Matthew Stafford, another guy. Don't know how he's standing upright at this point. Um, he's a guy that I feel like in 20 years, we're going to be talking about how he's like almost in a wheelchair. And like the Ronnie Coleman story. Um, like his, his body is beat to shit. Um, the other thing. I was thinking about this. Bruce Arians this is the big, I I'm not on the Bruce Arians. I think you warned me about this like a year ago or whenever we did our like preseason, you're like the coaching staff's great, but like Bruce is a little overrated. It's so funny. The night and day difference. First half, it's the Bruce Arians offense, like <laughs> attacking the seams, flying up the field. And then you see the, it, in my head, I'm just like Brady goes into the, the locker room and goes, all right, everybody shut up. I'm the captain. Now we're running, yeah. the, we're running the Brady offense. And you see, a mixture of play action, running. There's a combination of routes on every play where you got one deep, a bunch short, so he can take what the defense is getting him. And, oh, look, guess which one's more successful? The ball moves. <laughs> yeah, the ball moves. Um, but Bruce Arians is starting to scare the crap out of me because I just – it's like every week he's surprised by the running numbers. He's like, wow, that does seem low. It's like, you called the plays. You and yeah. Brian Leftwich are in charge. How are you surprised by the lack of run or play action? You were calling the plays every week. Um, so they are starting to scare me a little bit. That that number's big. I, I'd rather go over under, and I think I'm going over in that game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Bruce is. I don't know. I'm I'm almost out on Bruce. I'm I'm 
the oh, and the other thing that's bugged me, I don't know, I think you may have pointed this out, and I just like it clicked the other day. Bruce Arians being called a quarterback whisperer is a little annoying because it's pretty easy to be called a quarterback whisperer when you've coached what Peyton Manning, Carson Palmer, and uh, Peyton Manning or Ben Roethlisberger. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger. Then Tom. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He, he's. I mean, I'd be a quarterback whisperer yeah. too. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? Why has he gotten this title of quarterback whisperer? You're like every one of those quarterbacks is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> the. the Three top five quarterbacks of the past 20 years, and then also Carson Palmer, a very good quarterback. I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, I like the over 54 number there. 49ers Cardinals. This number has gotten bigger than I kind of thought, but I don't. This is a weird one to me. The line's at five right now. Cardinals are favored over under 40, 48 and a half. I know the 49ers are really banged up. But they're only allowing the fourth fewest yards through the air. Like the Cardinals being almost a touchdown at the six number feels a little big to me. But then again, the 49ers are so banged up in garbage that maybe I'm overthinking this. I don't know where I lay on this number. I like Cardinals pretty confident, confidently, actually. Um, it's just they need it. The 49ers don't need it. Um, I know their pass defense is pretty good, but it's just I've watched their corners. I mean, I'm not I'm not some scout or anything, but their corners are they're just they're just not that good in my opinion. <laughs> they just really aren't. Sherman's lost a step. Um, I don't know. I actually came, I'm drawing a blank on the other quarterback on the other corner, number 22. Not that good. Um, and just the Cardinals, they need to win. Kyler's getting healthy. Um, he's been he, he seems to be back to his regular self, running around like crazy, throwing the ball like crazy. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good about the Cardinals on this one. All right, that that makes me feel a little bit better about them. Do we take any stock in the Josh Rose? Not for this game, obviously, but for the future. Josh Rosen signing with the 49ers and now under Kyle Shanahan's tutelage. Are we putting any stock into that into that signing? Or not you? really, um, because honestly, you know my thoughts on Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good offensive coach, but I don't think he's this genius that everyone thinks that he is. Um, in my opinion, he hasn't done anything special with Jimmy Garoppolo. That no. is true. I mean, he really hasn't. Uh, I mean, he got him a fat contract. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Jimmy, I mean, he's overpaid. He's 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 really not that good. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not that I'm not that overly in love with Kyle Shanahan and his ability to develop quarterbacks. Honestly. Yeah, I get yeah. that point. In my head, I was thinking, like the I feel bad for Josh Rosen on some levels. Oh, me too. Completely terrible because it's like he got drafted by the Cardinals. That situation was an absolute disaster. They immediately moved on from him without really giving him much of a look. He's not a mobile quarterback, so he was never going to succeed with no offensive line and a kind of bad offensive scheme. The Dolphins was also sort of a mess. There's a part of me that feels like maybe Kyle Shanahan challenges – because the, the rap on Josh Rosen coming out of college was like, will a coach challenge him enough mm-hmm. offensively to keep his his mindset, which I always thought was kind of bullshit to begin with. Um but there's a part of me that's like, shit, I don't know if I – like, I feel like Josh Rosen should pan out, not, like, to be an all-star quarterback, but competent enough to win games. And I do feel like he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, so maybe there will be something there. But also there's a point of, like, if all these teams keep passing on him, if the Bucks passed on him, they only signed him to the prize squad and got rid of yeah. him, maybe this dude just isn't as good as he should have – he was – touted to be i guess um, it happens all the time too i mean jake locker ej Manuel, these quarterbacks they get picked too early i mean oh, dwayne just happens 
Oh, we're going to get to Dwayne Haskins here in a minute. <laughs> Don't you worry. We're coming for your football team here because I have some interesting thoughts there. Dolphins Raiders plus three. Raiders are the plus three here. Over under 47 and a half. I don't know what Raiders team is going to show up. Exactly. Like I don't. That's the problem with this line because the Dolphins are playing phenomenal defense. Howard is making a strong case for potentially defensive player of the year. I mean, that dude is a playmaker. Um, I don't know where I feel on this because it's one of those things where like Carr's probably going to be out. Marcus is going to be in, but the Raiders are such like an up and down team. Each week they show you a different side to them. Um, what are your thoughts here? Because I don't. I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place with this. I'm kind of all over it, too. It's like I look at the Raiders, and I look at the value of just taking them on the money line, and I'm like, mm, that's that's that ju- juicy, that's tempting. But then I also say to myself, the Dolphins are the number one scoring defense. Like you said, Xavier Howard's playing out of his mind. They're well-coached. Um, I think they're both both teams are actually well-coached. I think Gruden, even though he's a bit of a buffoon and weirdo. <laughs> um, uh, but... I mean, it is it is the Saturday night game. It's the only game, so I have to have some sort of action on it, obviously. Um, so I'm going to take the Dolphins unless I change my mind in the next couple of days. But it's, it's tough to say because, like you said, you don't know what Raiders team is going to show up. Tua, Tua is he's fine. What he's doing right now is fine. I actually, if I was Flores, I'd play Fitzpatrick. I would. I would too. Like, you have a you have a, you have one of the best defenses. You have a legit chance to actually maybe win. I, I mean, maybe surprising, but they have a legit chance. So I would go with Fitzpatrick. But anyways, I'm gonna have to go with the Dolphins minus three. They they've been covering a lot, <laughs> so yeah. I just have to ride. With that. Yeah. Even play good. Brian Flores has done one of the best coaching jobs this year. I mean, he's not gonna win Coach of the Year because you've got. Stefanski over with the Browns. You've got McDermott yes. with the Bills. Some other coaches that are just their teams are performing at a higher level. But when you look at the roster for the Dolphins and what the Dolphins have been able to achieve, Brian Flores comes top of mind of like shit. This dude's done a phenomenal coaching job with what he has. But the one mistake, and we didn't record. Uh, I didn't have an NFL podcast that week, but the pulling the Ryan Fitzpatrick cord when he was so hot and that team was flowing might be the biggest mistake of the year because I get you want to get a look at Tua, but your team is rolling. You're not looking to invest. You're not looking to get a high draft pick to invest in a quarterback. You've got your guy sitting on the bench. You've got a hot hand. I feel like you had to stick with that hot hand. Tua comes in. He plays okay. He says this league is not as hard as he thought it was. And I was like, that might (laughs) write that down, freezing takes, because that is one of the worst things you could say in the NFL. And he has since tampered off. He is like your that definition of he's fine is perfect. He is. He's he's fine. Like you could win football games with him, but is he going out there and putting the team on his back? No, not even close. Um, I think I'd feel better if Carr was playing. Who's been hasn't been great, but he's sneakily had. I think I'd feel better with Carr playing for sure. So much better. He's yeah. ninth in completion percentage right now, tenth in QBR, which shocked me. I feel like mm-hmm. his play has gone under the radar because he is another guy where like that hard knock series. I was just like, all right, he's kind of a he's an oddball to say the least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never felt confident with Carr, but he's quietly assembled himself a solid season. Um, I don't know. I, the Raiders feel like a good value pick here, but the Dolphins are just, they're consistent. Like, you know what you're going to get defensively. You maybe don't know offensively what you're going to get, but if, <sighs> yeah, I go Dolphins. Marcus Marriott is also too much of a wild card. He played nice last week, but that's, that's kind of that, like, 
Guy comes off the bench, no film on him. Game plan yeah. has to switch defensively. Now you've got a week to prepare for him potentially. It's a different. I don't know. I think Dolphins. I'm with you. Dolph- I'm riding Dolphins. Fuck it. I'm going Dolphins. <laughs> Mark it down in the book. I'm going Dolphins. <laughs> I talked myself into it. Falcons Chiefs lines at 10.5 over under 54. This is the line. I circled it earlier today. Scares the shit out of me. The Chiefs have been a horrible bet. They are 0-5-1 against the spread in the last six games. They're 6-7-1 against the spread year to date. 10.5 feels huge. But then you're like, oh, it's the Falcons. Might be the most cursed team in football. Yeah, super cursed team. Um, don't play any pass defense. Mahomes was going to sling it all over the place. Um, I, I like the over 54. I know 54 is a high number, but I, I like it. I like over. Um, I think it's going to be very high scoring. I think it could be kind of competitive until probably, I think, the fourth quarter. Chiefs yeah. will start to probably start to take take off a little bit. They'll probably cover, I, I think, because the Falcons are just, they're the Falcons. Yeah. Um, but just side note, at what point, point are we going to say Travis Kelsey is the best tight end ever? I've been getting there, yeah. Are we going greatest ever? Oh, my God. Or, Dude, I know we like to say Gronk, and I, I know we know Tony Gonzalez, but, I mean, this man's working on a fifth straight 1,000-yard season, and he's never had less than, like, 880 yards. That is absurd. The man is so good, and I get it. Gronk could—I mean, he could block almost like a tackle, and yeah, that's that's where it's a little different. But god damn, dude, Kelsey is fucking good. I would say Kelsey's probably the best offense, like passing weapon tight end. I, dude, it's so dude, hard. Five straight one thousand yards seasons for a tight end. I know it's the new era, but it blows my fucking mind, dude. It is fucking great. I mean, he is. I would put him. Two for sure. I, I know people love Tony Gonzalez, but I'm sort of like, I don't know, Gronk and like if you're telling me I had to draft one, I'm drafting Gronk or Tony. I'm, or um, Kelsey, sorry. I'm yeah. not drafting Tony Gonzalez. Gronk does have that edge of like, there's part of me that goes is this recency bias with Travis Kelsey because when mm-hmm. Gronk was playing, I mean, that was game changing oh, yeah. evolution at the tight end position. He does block better than Kelsey, but Kelsey is a much. I would say a much bigger threat. And one. Gronk has also been the number one receiving threat on his team, whereas Kelsey has Tyreek Hill. Who this is also true. This is also true. So Gronk has kind of ran an offense, whereas Kelsey has had Tyreek, who is just the scariest player in the NFL. Yeah, oh God, dude. <laughs> to have him as a weapon is just oh, must be the biggest thing ever. I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has to be that, – that was a match made in heaven to get Andy Reid – and Hill as your primary oh, wide yeah. receiver, and then you have Travis Kelsey they can dump it off to, and he's going to go get you 10 yards at a minimum. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't hate the argument he's the best. It's just hard because there's a part of me that goes, and my recency bias was that slash the blocking, but I would say he's definitely the best pass, pass catching tight end. Yeah, he'd probably, I'd probably say he's the best pass touching tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gronk can do a little bit more. He makes me a little like if your left tackle's sucking, sucking ass, you can put Gronk over there and feel just fine. Or if your right tackle's sucking ass, mm-hmm. you can go put him over on the right hand side and he'd be just fine. Where Travis Kelsey, it's he's good, not bad yeah. by any yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Um, I like the over here too. I think points, 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 points. There's no way the Falcons can guard Hill and Kelsey. Um, but the Falcons can also move the ball. And the Chiefs have shown they're good defensively. They're better than what they have been. But 
They do have a lot of confusion defensively sometimes that allows for big plays. I'm with you. Over 54 and a half for sure. Um, Bears, Jags. Lines at seven and a half. Overs at 47 and a half. I know the Jags suck, and I think I'm going to take the Bears here. But are we going recency bias with the Bears a little bit here? Because this number feels – I know they've been playing way – I don't know where this offense has been. It's, like, balanced all of a sudden. But it feels like at some point they got to come down. Like, they're just playing – David Montgomery's playing out of his fucking mind right now. Um, I don't know. I just – I don't like the seven and a half, but it's also the Jacks. They just – they're terrible right now. And they're not going to lose that number one pick. There's no way. Doug, Doug will throw the game if he has to. He'll throw the game. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, though. I, I, it's, it's, I hate that half. That half is killing me. If it was seven, I would confidently take the Bears. Um, there's a little recency bias, though. Like you said, Montgomery is I mean, he's playing I mean, out of his fucking mind the last like four games. Everyone's been waiting for him to do this, and he's just playing out of his mind. So, I mean... I probably will stay away from this game because also it's just it's the Bears and the Jags. Like, do I really care? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. If, you, if I had to do it, God, I guess I'll do the Bears minus seven and a half, but I don't like it at all. Yeah. Do yeah. you – I mean, we think Matt Nagy's probably safe, right? Do we think he's safe? Yes. Yeah. Which sucks if you're a Bears yeah. fan. So yeah. mad you that all of a sudden they're on a tear because you're like, man, we're probably gonna get rid of Tabrisky, which Tabrisky feels like a he's a nice guy. He seems like a nice guy. I don't know him obviously personally. It'd be nice great. if I did be on the show, but great. yeah, great if I knew him personally. But he seems nice. Like he doesn't get to control where he's been drafted. So I've always felt bad for him getting kind of that tag of like, oh, they could have had Mahomes or Watson. It's like it's not his fault. Um, but Matt <laughs> Nick, if you like as a Bear fan, the season sucked because you're you're sealing should have been higher, especially with this defense. You guys have been absolute garbage, and that's primarily because of Matt Nagy, I think. He's in that dumb coach category that thinks he's smart. Um, But now you're sort of stuck with him, I think, for another year because there's a chance they might make the playoffs here. And if they make the playoffs, I can't see them firing. Like, this isn't a Tony Dungy situation where, like, they're phenomenal, but they can't get to the Super Bowl, which the Bucs did back in the early 2000s. I don't know how you – I don't know how you fire him if they make the playoffs here. And they have a shot, and it's like, now you're stuck with Matt Nagy for another year. And probably he's going to draft another quarterback, or I think they're going to try to get a quarterback here. Maybe not. And then you're just in fucking limbo for another year. Like, this is going to suck. <laughs> the Bears are in an awful position because they might have to bring Trubisky back. It, it's bad. It's not good. What's going on there is not good. It's a mess. Oh, I feel so bad for that. Oh, it, it's a mess. Oh, an absolute mess. A non-mess, which is probably one of the best feel-good stories. Browns this year, they're playing mm-hmm. the Jets. Lines at 9.5, over under 47. This is one where I'm not that worried about the the spread here as much because the Jets are – I mean, I know they had the Rams game, but, like, mm-hmm. they're pretty fucking bad. Um, Kevin Stefanski, I don't know if he's coach of the year, but he feels like he probably should be because, like, Baker's now playing at a high level. This team is rolling. They've got a good scheme going. This is one of the best – I feel the Bills and the Browns, the fact that they're good this year in, in a, what is a just a terrible year of 2020 is sort of a nice little, like, treat for the league because these fans have been beat up right. so bad. And they're just – it's fun to watch these teams be good again um, for a little bit here at least. How are we feeling Browns, Jets, Kevin Savancy, potentially coach of the year game here? Um, 
I'm with you. The Browns are fun to watch. They're rolling. Um, I know they they lost to the Ravens two weeks ago, but for some reason, in a way, almost felt like they won just because it was yeah. like, the game of the year. They Baker Baker went down there, ran that. I mean, that drove down the field with like yeah two minutes left, and they ended up losing the game. But it, it's still almost felt like a win. one of those weird games where you lose, but still feel really good about yourself. So Cleveland's been rolling. So fancy hasn't been playing out of their minds. Um, they have two of the Best running back in the NFL. I personally, by the way, I think Kareem Hunt's better than Nick Chubb, but that's just really? that's just mine. Um, really? I really do. Kareem Hunt's a fucking ridiculous player, dude, and he's 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 a super underrated receiver. But I agree with um, you. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, he's ridiculous. But um, the Jets. I know they just came off that that phantom win. I think they're going to go back to being the Jets. The Browns are rolling right now. I see the Browns winning middle digits. And by the way, I would love to see a Browns-Bills AFC final. I know that's unlikely because oh, of the Chiefs, oh. but that would be the greatest conference championship ever. Those cities would burn to the ground. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, it's so funny because, like, Kevin Smancy, I mean, he's doing a great job coaching. Credit to him. But, like, he literally just did the most obvious thing. It was like, oh, we have a two-headed monster in the backfield. Let's just not go away from the run in the second half like Freddie Kitchens did every game last year and let – Baker play off the play action. Um, it's just so funny. Like he just did the simple thing and now they're off and running. Um, here's a crazy thing. I don't know if you've seen this stat, but the jets have been the first team to score six games in a row. They're eight and six on the season for, for first team to score. It's a pretty little, like, I mean, when they run their scripted plays, they're good. And then as soon as Adam Gase has to be a coach, it all goes downhill. As soon as an adjustment is needed to be made, it's just, it's done. It's over. As soon as they get away from that scripted place, it is an absolute shit show. <laughs> Who is, I think, I think Jameis Winston still has more passing yards than Sam Darnold does if you took, and he hasn't played at all this season if, from starting last year to now. <laughs> I think I saw this week or something. It's so bad. Uh, Sam Darnold, another guy that, like, I feel bad for him, but, like, I never thought he was going to be very good. He's, his yeah. decision-making at USC was trash. Um, it, it continues into the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I maybe it'll be one of those things where as soon as Adam Gase is gone, he's all of a sudden good because we've seen that with, like, Ryan Tannehill and, like, every player who's ever played for Adam Gase. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the Browns here. Um, Colts, Pittsburgh. Um Pittsburgh plus one and a half, over under 44 and a half. I have an interesting thought on the Colts' future here. Where do we feel in this game? We talked about Pittsburgh being just – they were absolutely fading at the worst time to fade in the season. Yeah. They're limping to the finish lines. What do we feel in this game? This is one of those games where if the Steelers weren't reeling the way they are reeling, I would make a money line simply for the value. Um, but they are reeling, and this is probably this might be the hardest game to play this year. So I have to go false. Yeah, I'm, I feel like the under might. I mean, it's a low under at 44. It is. I still think it might hit. <laughs> yeah, I think it might as well because like Philip Rivers has a noodle arm at this point. Like they're bringing they're bringing in um, Jacoby off the bench that they're like deep balls. They're it's just like he is. He's going down the tubes fast, but he's not turning over the ball, which is good. They have a good running game. The defense is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I might take that under there. Here's my thought for the Colts, and you are an NFC East person, obviously, so you'll be able to, to back this up a little bit because we're going to talk about the Eagles here in the predicament they're in. 
If the Eagles choose to move on from Carson Wentz, which is a problem in and of itself from a money perspective, I honestly think the Colts should maybe make a play for him because you don't have a quarterback of the future. Carson Wentz's best season was when Frank Wright was that offensive coordinator. Carson Wentz is in a bad spot mentally and physically as a quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. But if there's a chance he can turn around the ball, because, I mean, Nick Foles was the same way. Carson Wentz was the same way. It seems to be not so much Doug Peterson, but Frank Wright got the most out of it. Do you think it's possible Frank Wright can revive if Carson, if they move on, mm-hmm. 